Welcome back to After Office Hours, a University of Minnesota Duluth podcast. It's been a while. We're back. And today we are honored to kick off our series of Sales Summit speakers and panelists with a recent UMD alumni class of 2021, Brett Rodenberg. Uh, Brett is currently a retirement planning administrator at the North Shore Bank, local bank here in Duluth. Um, he's had quite the career for a person, student, who has recently graduated. So we're extremely excited to share his story, his endeavors, and lessons that he has learned along the way. Brett, how's it been going? What's the post-grad life like? It's, it's new. There's a lot of new things in regards to not having class, having a, a really big structure of a day from 9 to 5. But uh, I'm thankful to, to be on here with you, too. And I, I'm excited to share some insight of what it's like in the postgraduate life. Yeah, and you had a little bit of a interesting turn of events during your time at UMD. So give us a little bit of background on where you started and where you ended up. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think, thinking back. I, I came to UMD back in 2017 thinking I was going full board into the, to the pharmacy route. Ooh. I was... I was in the Swenson's College of Science. I came to UMD specifically because they had a good pharmacy program. I think they're ranked top five in the nation. So that's where I was. I was excited to be accepted into it. And after the first year of college, and I ended up getting a 2.0 GPA, uh, my first... <laughs> full disclosure. <laughs> yeah, full disclosure, being completely transparent. And I, I just realized that it wasn't as easy as it was in high school. And it wasn't something that I wanted to, to do moving forward. And it was interesting. I met with my faculty advisor in terms of what I should do in terms of moving forward. And in my sophomore year of college, I was struggling in terms of grades. And she told me to stay in Swenson. And she told me to continue the science route. She said, it's a lot easier to go back and just do a career in business without having a business degree than it is going to the business school and trying to switch over to the science degree. Mm. And I ignored her advice. <laughs> sorry if you're listening. Yeah, sorry, mm. Swenson people, if you're listening. But I it just, I felt like it wasn't fully for me. And I just ended up taking the leap out of the college and jumping over to Labovitz. And I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I just took some general classes. I have always been a math geek and I've just been good at it. And finance has always stuck together with me. And taking a lot of classes with Jason Turkla and Hugo Haitapalto kind of influenced me to go the financial planning route. And that's where I was set in stone until I met the legendary John Kratz. <laughs> and he kind of swayed me. Obviously, he sold me because that's what he's good at doing uh, into double majoring, into the professional sales major. And the rest is history. I, I finished with the financial planning and professional sales degree and have had a job in both majors actually already. So... It's a little bit about my journey and roller coaster at UMD. And I've had I've had the honor and privilege of knowing Brett since we met at RA training back in the fall of 2019. So um, I've been by his side as a uh, business partner for the Entrepreneurship Conference, as well as that evolved into boyfriend girlfriend still together. Don't worry, no awkward tension here on the side of the microphone. <laughs> maybe not, um, maybe not for you guys. Oh. <laughs> But Just kidding. we, uh, so we, we go back a ways, uh, and he's, I've seen him through this journey of 
gaining a professional sales major and then jumping full bore into sales right out of college. Um, you actually ended up not finding it to be the right fit. Can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so uh, maybe a lot of like other seniors or, or graduates to come, I was very eager to get your first job. It's very exciting. It's a big weight off your shoulders when you're in the middle of your first or second semester and you're like, yeah. I don't have to worry about a job. I just got to worry about getting the bare minimum seat and, and pass with my degree. Um, so I interviewed with a few different companies and, and one that I was very strongly seeking out because it was had a good reputation of being a top sales program. Uh, it was very fresh and new, very young, and it looked like there was a lot of upcoming potential in terms of growth, in terms of earning potential, in terms of even leaving Duluth and Minnesota to try something new. And, and really what it comes down to is not everything that's shiny is nice, and it's really making sure that you just don't jump full board into something before you go for it. Because I did not do my research fully to the point that I should have, and... It was just very interesting. I, I jumped in. I, I worked there for a couple of months, saw what the sales world was like, at least at that company. Uh, very rigorous in terms of studying and hours and reaching out to clients or, or potential clients. And it was just something that really didn't string me the right way of what I learned in college. I worked there for about two months and I, I really learned the rigorous amount of work it takes to be a salesperson. I give them a lot of credit for for their grind and tenacity to, to reach out to clients and, and potential clients. But just, just for me, I didn't really feel the right way in terms of reaching out to clients or trying to sell in a way that didn't feel ethical mm -hmm. to me. And I think that's a, a big issue in terms of not seeing that right away when you're in the sales major and just learning to know that every company is different in terms of their sales and in terms of, how they reach out to clients. And I just, I learned that this was not the, the right path of sales that I wanted to go down. And I thought I would hop out early while I was still, still young in the company and, and kind of just part ways with them. It was probably a benefit for both of us to leave at that mm -hmm. time. And obviously this is a sales podcast hosted by sales club, which is, um, underneath the parent parent of the sales program at LSBE. So we're all for sales here, but there are there are some companies out there, and this one obviously wasn't the right fit for what you were looking for in a sales career. Um, there are there's something to be said for culture, and not necessarily good culture versus bad culture, but culture that fits for you. Um, and so I guess with that, what questions or what do you wish you would have done differently when looking for that job? I mean, especially at our time period, we have the touch of every single person and every single company at our fingertips. And it's just really how you utilize it. I mean, I didn't know LinkedIn was a thing until probably my junior year and realizing that you have the potential to reach out to your professors who know people at different companies who know then reach out further. I think the stat says you're only four or five people away from knowing every single person in the world. And Crazy. it's just an insane amount uh, to think about. And, and if you put in the time and work that I think I had the time to do it, but I think I was too eager to have a job. I didn't want to do the research to the point that I wanted to. 
but reaching out to people at those positions, realizing what their day-to-day looks like, realizing what their interview process looked like, what their interview questions were, how was their team ethic? Like there's so many questions that you can tailor to yourself for what you look for in a company in terms of culture and what you look for. Um, that I just didn't ask those right questions. I, I was just too maybe starstruck by what I was offered, what it looked like. I was going to get to leave Minnesota for a little bit. I was very excited. It's a new chapter. And, and it also looks good to post on your LinkedIn and have all your, your colleagues and teachers react and be so proud of you. So it's definitely something you want to just reach out to people and, and really take that extra step to to get a better understanding of the innards of a company rather than what the outside looks like. Right. And I love your story. I love that you went and tried something. And I think we hear so, so often, and especially me, who I'm a little bit over that two month position of starting with a new company and in your shoes, you had left at that point. And I just, to me, it just seemed so foreign. So I think hearing that from someone um, puts a lot of hope and into college students now and people that are entering the career that you're not stuck and it's not the end of the world if you if you do decide to jump ship and find something new for you it is I've been saying this for a while now but it's a it's a good time to be selfish and Mm -hmm. to to find something that that fits you well and you obviously you did that first with deciding your major Mm -hmm. you changed from pharmacy to business and then you were quick to change your position to find something you like so you clearly have some determination, you have some courage and it takes a lot of courage to do those things. So do you have any advice for students who might feel like they're stuck at a company and think there's no way out um, and are kind of having this just acceptance of I'm here, I hate my job, I just have to do it? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Thanks, Carrie. Um, One thing that I relied heavily on is even in that position and before that position and after that position is really not internalizing what you're struggling with in terms of the company or culture or knowing what to do. Luckily, I have, like Kayla mentioned earlier, I have a very strong support system through Kayla. I also have a very strong, strong mentors through John Kratz and Stephen Castleberry and, and Bob Jacquard of Stormy Cromer. Shout out to Stormy Cromer. Um, but that, it, it truly is that. I mean, being able to lean on other people and get other insights to speak, not from your personal perspective of a company, but to speak what you feel and get that other understanding of what that person sees. Because honestly, people know you to a point that you might not know yourself. They might see that, hey, I kind of know a little bit what that company is about. It doesn't seem what what your fit would be like or vice versa. They might say, hey, I know it's been a little short of time and, and maybe you should try it a little bit longer. It might get a little bit better. But I leaned on all those all those supports and and luckily I have people that care a lot and they really pushed me to to lead myself to say hey I'm not going to settle for a job that I'm miserable for I'm not going to settle for a job that I got to move 10 hours away from my hometown for uh it really comes down to betting on yourself and knowing that if you quit you're going to find another position to to not be scared that an employer is going to see that and be like, hey, this person doesn't know what they're doing. They can't stay at a job for sh- like a long amount of time. It's really the point that like this person knows that it might not be the right fit. And like I said earlier, 
it's a benefit to both you and the company to know that, hey, they weren't the right fit, they can move on. But you also know you weren't the right fit and you can move on to to just part ways. Mm. And like you said, in leaving a company too, you had quite the, the support system, not not a self-break there, but like you, you had a lot of people rooting for you and not just like rooting for your success, but also rooting for what's best for you because you're going to be successful no matter where you go. I mean, just being Brett Rodenberg and the person that you are, you have quite the tool belt of work ethic. But uh, with that, there's obviously, it's not all butterflies and rainbows. So can you, and we'll get out of this kind of darker rabbit hole <laughs> after a while here, but can you just kind of dig into a little bit more of the, maybe the negative feedback that you got while leaving or maybe the, some of the negative connotation or maybe not to drag out the question, but maybe like what negative feedback you expected versus what you got too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I can touch base a lot on that and I don't, want to speak badly about a company or anything because it's not again it's not that the company isn't like a good fit for anyone it just wasn't a good fit for me and and it was just because I think leaving UMD with what I know about sales and my financial planning background I was looking more or less for a more personal developmental and relationship sales model uh, in a company versus more or less driving for an individual to buy a product even if it might not fully be the right fit for them so again came to that ethical piece for me as real that was really and still as a hard hump for me to get over when it comes to sales and that's not to say salespeople are all out there hunting just to to get the next dollar but i just really steered away from the sales model in terms of reaching a quota to no matter what it takes um, even if something doesn't fit someone's really agenda or, or their price tag or, um, and may, maybe that's what sales taught us at UMD. And I maybe just missed that point. Cause yes, there's objections when it comes to sales. And I understand that, but it's also, I think there's a, a fine line that might've been crossed in my own, in my own mind or in my own belief system when it comes to sales. But I mean, sales is everywhere. Sales is in financial planning. So it's not that I was scared of sales. I think I was more scared of less of, the way that it was being taught at this company. It just didn't really work with my ethics. So, I mean, the negative connotation is just every sales place has a difference. Some people succeed at that and people are ethical while doing it. And I just, I just don't think that I felt that I could find an ethical line that would work at that company. And was it as bad, like leaving the company, telling the people whom you had gotten close with, Mm. Was it as bad as you thought it was going to be? You know what? I was I was scared to tell because I had a fantastic team down there. They were we were all young. We were all freshly graduated out of college. We all had drive. Hungry. We all had passion. Yeah, we were hungry to get out there to work. And I I was scared to tell them because we had, we had getting close together. We were all planning on moving down to to Chicago, seeing each other, going out to dinner, and I I told them all. I I spoke to them individually and. I, and they were all so supportive. It was it was really cool to see from seeing people as coworkers, but then them speaking to you as like real people and like understanding. It was was really cool. And I still talk to them all to this day. Some of them are still there. Some of them aren't. So I mean, like I said, we're in a time where jumping ship and it might be scary, but we're also in a time where we are really fortunate to do so. And mm-hmm. I mean, compared to 10 years ago when people can find jobs graduating college, we're at a time where you can find too many jobs out of college. Yeah. 
So really just, I think it's not as scary as it looks on the inside, but on the outside, you can fear to be judged or fear to be like out of the ordinary. But really when it comes down to it, I mean, you don't want to be miserable just forcing yourself in a job when you could be somewhere else and bettering it for yourself. And those people that you, you might be afraid to tell, I think typically end up being the people that are the most excited for you mm-hmm. and are glad that you're being honest with them and are doing something that's, that's best for you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's almost the most fear comes from, oh no, how am I going to share this with, with these people? But I think it, it just gives you more clarity then on if you know originally then, yeah, I did pick a good company because they're supporting me when I left. Or on the other side, okay, I didn't pick the right company. I'm glad I'm moving because mm-hmm. they're not treating me very well as I'm telling them this, even though it's the best thing mm-hmm. for me. So I think it's great to to pinpoint on that, that it's scary and it's going to be hard to get through, but you you got to just get through it. Also, like what a great thing to ask ask about too when you're in a job interview. Um, That's one thing that I really learned from you. I mean, you're younger than Brett, so I got... To- not got to, um, I was able to take some things away from the path that you've been on. And one of them has been asking that nitty gritty in the interview too, asking like, what's your retention rate? Where do people go if they do leave? Like, what's your team culture? How, how do you support those who do want to leave? Or how do you support those who want to take on a different path? And, uh, obviously they're going to give you the butterflies and rainbows side of the question. So that's also where it's important to talk to people outside of those who carry the title of recruiter as well. Um, and just really digging in and asking those questions. Right, right. So you started in a full-fledged sales position. Yep. And obviously, like we've, we've gone into, you have a sales major and you're also a financial planning major. And you said that you've kind of swayed now into there's sales in financial planning. Mm-hmm. And now that's what you're doing. So let's turn the page a little bit. Now let's, I, think, I think we know that you're enjoying your new role a little bit more. At least you're still there and we're happy to see it. <laughs> so tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's actually just awesome. I really love where I'm at right now. So after I left the company, it was about in July and it took, took some time. And again, I, I weighed on some mentors. One strongly, again, was Bob Jacquart. I drove all the way out to the UP of Michigan and we got to go to lunch at a small little diner that just... Again, I grew up in a small town. It's just cool going with him. And he knows every single person that walks into the diner. I really look up to him. And I think I, I grew up in a similar way that he did, waving to everybody down the road. And I grew up in a small town in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, about 10,000 people. And I, what I did in that time was I really reflected. I mean, obviously it was summertime, so I hung out a lot. But During the summer, I I reflected a lot on the path I wanted to go. If I still wanted to go another sales route and maybe just that company specifically wasn't for me and I want to try again, or do I go the financial planning route? I've always been a numbers guy and I always thought that was very focused on relationship building. So I I really leaned on my mentor again, Bob Jacquard of Stormy Cromer, and I drove all the way out to the UP and we went out for lunch. And again, he's from a small town as well. And you just, mm-hmm. you go in the diner, everybody knows Bob. He's, he's asking them how their family's doing. He's asking them how their business is doing, how's work. So really cool and personable. And, and I just really resonate well with him. And we had a nice heart to heart. And I think we came to the conclusion. He didn't tell me which route to go, but he just really gave me some good advice on just really look for a company that suits Brett and 
I really like that because I think I always tried to mold into the company instead of the company molding around me and really keeping my myself true to it. And and that's where I ended up. I ended up at, at North Shore Bank. Right now, I just surpassed the six-month mark as a retirement planning administrator. And I love my job so much. And, and like as Carrie asked the question, it, it is related to sales as well. Um, it's a little bit different as it's a lot more focused on education and and really just teaching people about the goals that they're looking for in terms of retirement. I'm not, I mean, retirement planning, there's, at, there's parts that people try and sell and you can earn a commission, but my role is more or less educating the people. And if they want to, to work with us, great. If not, they can use that own information and, and do it themselves. So we're really just looking for that organic growth in terms of, of getting numbers. Obviously, we're a bank, we're a business, so we love to see people come in and work with us, but it's really tailored to that educational piece and really making sure people really understand what they're getting into when it comes to retirement, in terms of the stock market, in terms of all these other facets of retirement. And I am just obsessed with doing that. And I just love it. That's just, I think that topic has suited me and it's a cool double dip of my majors. I get to to sell them on on why they should focus on their retirement or why they should focus on it with me and also get to tell them all the cool things about IRAs and 401ks <laughs> and all that good stuff. Ooh. So very glad at where I'm at or the jump I made. And I, I'm very glad to, to be in the position I am and I'm still learning every day. I still love showing up to work and I, it's just the jump couldn't have been better and it couldn't have been at a better time. So we saw a bit then about the part of sales that not everyone's going to love. And like Kayla said, we're all people who are listening here and the title we have of this podcast is, is all pertaining to sales. So we hate to talk negatively about sales, but it does happen. But you are the epitome of showing that you can find something different still in that same realm and you're still using sales. It's just a different kind of sales. So it's, it's really true when we do say that sales isn't everything. Sales is everywhere. And just find what part of that sales that you like to do. Mm-hmm. Some people enjoy the nitty-gritty, the hard work, the cold calling, the mm-hmm. building your book of business. And people are awesome at that. And that's not for everyone. And it's how wonderful that you were able to figure that out. So with those people who are going to be getting into those careers and might be at a point where they're interviewing with companies now, or maybe they accepted one, and now they're listening to their po- this podcast and they're like... Oh no. <laughs> maybe <laughs> I, I myself maybe into? I shouldn't have picked that one. What's your general advice to people who are who are going to be entering a sales career right after college? Yeah, no, great question, Carrie. And and I think it's important to talk about this stuff cuz not every part about well any job in general there's some sexy and non-sexy parts when it comes to the work you're going to put in, but it's also your business and you get to make it what you want it to be. So there's a lot of a lot of things that I think it's good to be transparent about. And I think my story and being so fresh out of college helps. Um, On that note, in terms of advice given, uh, I think at least from my personal, um, just my personal experiences, I think honestly, and again, kind of being the, the idea of this podcast and really the topic that I've been trying to lean on today is really that transparency factor. I think, we get stuck in a mindset a lot, especially in college, that you should fake it until you make it. And 
I've started to hate that phrasing more and more as I've gotten older because there's some parts that are true to it and you can fake it till you make it in some aspects uh, until you don't or until it comes back and you realize that, wow, I wish I didn't do that. And again, speaking on terms like faking to say what I'm looking for in a specific job or a specific role, kind of trying to speak what the recruiter or what the interview wants to hear versus telling them what you want, right? You're, you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you. And I have always done that wrong. And I have started to learn that you are interviewing for yourself to learn if it's a better fit for you versus that you're trying to give them what they want to hear. So you're hired. So, I mean, really be transparent, really tell them, look, this is what I'm looking for in a job. This is what I want to learn. This is the type of mentorship or type of training I want to go through. Do you offer that? Like make it more about what your goals are and how you can progress. And another one is really how you can progress or what's the pathway of progression in the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months to really set yourself up to make goals for yourself, to see if this those goals are achievable, if they want to be achievable for yourself. So I think it's really digging yourself a better pathway in terms of finding a company based off if you fit in it versus trying to fit into a company. So that's probably my biggest advice coming out of people looking for jobs right now. That could not have been said better. Just kidding. We're actually going to ask you a book recommendation as well. Um, if you know Brett, you know that he's a kind of, book nerd has a negative connotation, but it's in such a positive light with you. He's truly um, one of the one one of the best examples of a continuous self-learner, professional development chaser that I have ever seen. And um, he pushes me to do the same every single day. And that's uh, specifically with books. So Brett, cut to the chase here. Recommend the top three. Okay. Top three because you have read a lot and I know um, you've fed me many pieces of advice from many different books. So I wouldn't want to deprive our listeners of any good pieces of advice that comes from books? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question because I cannot pick one book. Um, and this one might just be recency bias because I just read it, but I fell absolutely in love with it. It was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It is spoken very highly, not just in business regards, but also financial planning and financial freedom. Um, I am a huge advocate in trying to learn how to be financially free and learning the steps of really maybe the the pathway that's not always taken and it might not always look easy but kind of trying to learn how i can slowly pick away at at being financially free or just setting myself up better in terms of just not even just money but it's also just like lifelong goals and lifelong habits um and speaking of habits another book that i know multiple people recommend atomic habits is just pure gold. It is really, if you are trying to get into a better routine or learning why you are stuck in some certain other routines, this book is really able to help you put you on a trajectory of learning while doing, learning on a daily basis, getting 1% better and just going with what the day throws at you and how you can adapt. And it's just really, really interesting perspective because you start to pick up on things of why you do a habit or do a certain habit. Like I've started to realize why I do a habit because something is invisible place or something's like not invisible place. And I think that's just really a good habit, especially as a young adult 
uh, to set in stone while we're at this age to hopefully go on for the rest of our lives or for as long as we want. The third book that I would recommend um, that I learned a lot from and I honestly just recently used in my work is Never Split the Difference. And it's a book that really dives in to the really surface level of how you influence and really how you break down negotiating in terms of the workplace or even in your real life situations. And those three, they have three different topics that give you three different areas of of just knowledge that you're going to use on the day to day. And I couldn't recommend those even higher than I, than I said. So mm-hmm. those are the three I would recommend. Those are three books that I also have had the privilege to read. I can attest to those as well, that those are three wonderful books. Definitely would recommend reading. Mm-hmm. But Brett, this has been so wonderful. Every time I chat with you, I learn something new. Mm-hmm. And I just, like I said, I, I love your path and I love your courage and how you've gotten to where you are today. And I think our listeners have so much to learn and so much to learn from you. And this is, this is a great way for them to do it. So thank you so much for being here. We'll, we'll definitely get you on again if you have any more updates. But we <laughs> don't feel like any more jobs. It sounds, listeners, I'm not roasting bread at all for him <laughs> jumping careers. I might be a little bit, but we're just, we're just messing around here. But thank you, Brett, for being here. Good luck with everything, and we look forward to hearing from you more in the future. Yeah, thank you both, Kayla and Carrie, for having me. I hope some students take away what, what my journey looked like and either do it yourself better or, or learn from doing it. It's just the, the most you can do. So thank you for having me, and I look forward to seeing both your guys' career because it's going to be a big success.